0: Welcome to Wish Police Radio. I'm here with someone who is new to the podcast and, and relatively new to me, too. One of the things that's kind of cool about doing this show for as long as I have done is that I get a lot of people reaching out and, you know, saying, hey, check out my music you have any interest in talking to me. Uh, here's my album, here's my single, here's, you know, what I've been working on. And I've discovered a lot of really cool projects that way uh, over the years. And some some bands that have ended up being among my favorite local bands are just people who reached out to me. So I always encourage that. It's always nice to see that happen. And so the guest on this episode is someone who, who did just that. You reached out and sent me some links to your music and... Asked if you uh, want, you know, if I needed a guest on the podcast, and so here we are, and I think the here, uh, here we are, yeah, man. Ex- exactly. We're we doing it. It's ha- the real thing's happening. So uh, I, I guess the best way to start this off is if you want to introduce yourself and give a bit of background about what it is you do as an artist.
2: Sure, my name's Doug MacArthur. I'm a singer-songwriter, born and raised in Winnipeg. I've been playing in bands since 2002 ish. My first band was called Broken Halo, and we were like a hard rock band, kind of straight down the middle, sort of mainstream commercial hard rock type stuff. Yeah, we had some singles on Power ninety seven. We were the they used to do those class of I remember those yeah Yeah. Power ninety seven class of two thousand ten, and which (laughs) that was a very interesting time. It was a lot of hype. That fizzled out very quickly, <laughs> uh, but it was super cool, you know, to just to be recognized like that for stuff, sure. Like, and we had, you know, we had some some airplay locally, which was great. Got some notoriety that way. When we played, you know, we toured Western Canada. We put out a couple records. We played some bigger festivals and stuff like that. And um, then, you know, that band dissolved maybe 2011. Okay. 2012 ish uh and then didn't do much for a while was being a parent and having a career i work a you know my other life is i work as a digital marketer for you know a bunch of different companies sure um and so i was doing that and being a dad and stuff (laughs) and um So I didn't get back really into music seriously for a couple more years after Broken Halo kind of dissolved, but after that I had a whole bunch of songs that didn't really fit the the style of, of Broken Halo's music, and so I... Got together with a couple guys who I knew from when I was in elementary school who also happened to be musicians. I'd never played with them before, but um, we just gelled really well because we'd known each other for a long time. And Well, that
0: helps, right? Um, if you have that, that pre-existing oh, connection. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, definitely. And they had also played in bands together, um, you know, off doing other stuff. And so I started a project with them called Soapbox, uh, and we actually brought in... Uh, the former bass player from Broken Halo uh, came on to Soapbox to play lead guitar, so switch okay. instruments, and he added some interesting song ideas as well. We put out a record, a self-produced uh, record in 2015. Um And, uh, unfortunately, you know, that band, we were all sort of busy with families and stuff like that. It was very difficult for us to play shows and, and to sort of, you know, push promotion of our music and stuff. So I feel like, you know, that's the one where we put out an album and I don't know if anyone's ever really heard it, (laughs) you know? Well, um, it's
0: interesting you say that because when you when you when you messaged me and you started talking a bit about sort of what you, what your uh, musical history was in the city, I'd heard of Broken Halo, but the, but the other one, yeah, yeah, it was, it was it was it was a new 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 name to me. So that that kind of makes sure, sense. Yeah, and
2: I think it's probably just because we. Yeah, we had a hard time booking shows and, and you know, being as active as you need to be to sort of gain uh, any kind of notoriety and yeah. stuff like that. And then it just, you know, the reason that that band kind of uh, fizzled out was because everyone in the band kept having kids. You know, we were all in our mid to late 30s. Yeah. Um, and so it was just that that phase of life where everyone was off doing doing family stuff. Um, but... Uh after that, I still was continuing to write music on my own and had a handful of song ideas that I'd been working on for a long time, just sticking them in a drawer. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. I would go to the occasional open mic and play solo or anything like that, but uh wasn't I, I didn't I, there was a long period of time where I just wasn't really doing music with any kind of intentionality. I I was still interested in, in writing and performing, but I wasn't doing it actively like sure. I am now. And sort of what changed for me was that there came a point where, you know, we went through the pandemic where it was wasn't even possible to do that. Um and that was during a time where I wasn't really active anyways. But coming out of that I realized that there's a huge chunk of who I am as a person and what makes me happy uh, that I was just completely ignoring and that's making music and performing and just sharing music with people and just being part of that community. And so I just realized like, why am I denying myself, you know, this big part of who I am. Um, And just decided that I should approach it with a lot more intentionality. And I knew that I had material that I thought was good enough to do something with. Um, And while I was kind of going through that process of like, what am I going to do with this? Like, am I just going to, you know, try and spool up a solo career, put my old band back together? I have no idea. Um, I had, you know, I, I had a lot of different ways that I could have gone But it just so happened that when I was thinking about that more intentionally that I saw that Rusty Robot was posting about how, you know, he does production. He works with lots of different bands, um, musicians and stuff. So one day kind of just out of nowhere, like Rusty and I didn't really know each other that well beforehand, Um, but I just sent him a message on Instagram with like a video of me playing uh my song hermit phase okay. and i said hey man do you think this is anything and it took him a couple days i think but he did get back to me he's like yeah that's a good tune man i'm like cool well do you want to help me record like a studio version of that song he's like oh that's why you sent it to me because at first there was no context for it i was just sending him this this video of me playing this song he's like oh that's cool Uh, but uh no after that i was like no i want to hire you uh to produce this song with me and um so so we did that uh and we wound up actually doing another one after that called draw the line and working with rusty was just one of the best experiences that i've had making music well, I mean, I think locally, just,
0: if you want to work with someone who, who has been through it all as far as being a musician and experiencing all sides of the thing as a performer, as a producer, all of those different roles. I mean, he's he's one of the guys who has had that experience like in spades, right? So it's definitely a,
2: absolutely
0: It's hard to go wrong with having him on your team there.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think like, you know, unbeknownst to me, when I started working with him, he and I have a lot in common just in terms of how our brains work. Our different experience going through, you know, music and stuff like that, yeah. um, and just some personal stuff too. You just we just sort of connected on. We're roughly the same age. We kind of have all the same, you know, uh, pop culture references burned into our brain, stuff like that. So we became fast friends while we were working on this music together, and it's great. That's awesome. Um, and uh, you know that continuing that into doing a second song. Um, uh, you know, was just a natural thing, yeah you know? um so so that's kind of where I'm at now, sure. is that I'm still uh you know just a solo performer, I'm still writing music just on my own, uh, and uh, I don't know right now, I actually am not sure what I'm gonna do next, and that's because Rusty is on hiatus, uh he has very consciously taken a break and stepped back from doing music. Uh, like basically any music project, uh, so that he can, number one, take a breath, and I don't blame him. He's a very busy guy. He is, yeah. Uh, Number two, though, uh, is to focus on the climate crisis, and so I'm sure if you follow him on Instagram lately, you've been seeing him post a lot about uh, his work with the Climate Action Team, Um, and I've actually spoken with them, and I'm volunteering with them a little bit as well. Um, But uh, yeah, so in terms of what my plans are for, like, you know, the next music that I'm going to produce. I don't really
0: have a big plan for that right now. Well, um, That, that kind of jumped... You're kind of jumping ahead of the question I was going to ask, but that's fine, because yeah, yeah, yeah. in connection to that, I mean, I, I guess with this solo stuff, I mean, you have these two songs that are done now. Obviously, you've had all these songs you've been working on, just like you said, kind of ho- hobby-like at first over the years, and now you're sort of taking it more uh, more seriously as, as a yeah. as an ongoing project, but how do these songs differ um whether it's thematically sonically anything like that from from the songs you'd written before with these other bands you were in because obviously i mean sound wise it is different you're playing a different style it's it's you rather than a unit you know a band as a unit but i mean is there a different approach you're older you've gone through more things you have a family you uh been through the pandemic all, all, has that all of this affected sort of the way your songs are put together and the way that they sort of spring out of you
2: yeah, I, I think it has. Like, I think as with probably anybody as a, you know who does creative work, your perspective is going to change over time, yeah. and it's going to change what your output is. But uh, for me personally, the big shift in my experience making music, you know, if you compare stuff that I did with Broken Halo or or with the Soapbox, is actually kind of an evolution or just a gradual sort of. Uh, move towards me doing more and more of my own creating music. When I started, I was just, um, I was a vocalist. Like my main role in Broken Halo was vocals. Okay. okay. And so uh, I didn't even learn to play guitar until I was already in that band. Uh, so supporting myself as a songwriter was something that I built up skill over time, you know, While I was already in a band, a super active band, sure, and so my experience writing songs for Broken Halo was that my guitarist Jared would come with basically an entire song, like a fully cooked piece of music, and say, "All right, let's jam this. You can figure out something to do over top of this." And more or less, that was our our whole experience. There's only one Broken Halo song that we recorded that uh, was one that I wrote. Okay, and it's okay. called it's called control and actually did a different version of that song with soapbox later on um, but but yeah by and large everything that you know that band did musically uh, I mean in terms of playing instruments uh, came from the other band members and I uh, was just there sort of you know reacting to that as it were um, and then, you know, fast forward to my time with Soapbox. The vast majority of those songs were ones that I wrote, that I brought to the band. Other members did also bring song ideas, and, you know, those those came into the fold as well. But most of the stuff that Soapbox did was songs that I wrote. Okay. Um, so, so now, um, having, you know, no other people to sort of bounce off creatively you know obviously aside from rusty who added an insane amount of just like he took my kernel of ideas and made the best version of them possible which is you know his his whole thing yeah yeah um so that's my experience now is is you know um i feel a lot more confident in my ability to put a song together now than i did then Uh, just in terms of just putting together here's chord progressions here's how I feel like the melody should go over top of that here's the structure I want in terms of how it's you know I'm trying to get across an idea Um, and I also feel like I've slowed down quite a bit probably just because I'm old (laughs) i'm in my 40s now so yeah me too it um, happens i get it synapses aren't firing quite as fast as they used to but but also just because i i feel that i'm in no rush to um produce an insane volume of creative output of music um so i've got a lot of little ideas and i just sort of you know I toy around with them every once in a while. My phone is totally full of voice memos of 30-second clips of things that I might find interesting one day and who knows if I'll come back to it or not, but a lot of songs that I've been, you know, putting together lately are more or less an amalgam of of those little snippets okay. and I just it just so happens sometimes that they fit together, you know, really well. So
0: I guess you're coming in at like almost a good time to be doing this in the sense that the way music is consumed by a lot of people these days is very different than it would have been even when you were playing in bands, you know, uh, a decade and change ago. I mean, the idea of releasing singles and one song at a time, doing it online, that's pretty much accepted, uh, you know, by by most people right now. And it's a a very viable way to get your music out there. Whereas before you would have had to been working towards, you know, whether it's a full length or an EP or something. Now you can actually just do this and... Throw the music out there and sort of see see where it sticks.
2: Yeah, I do think that we're in a very different landscape in music right now in so many different ways. It's very weird now. Now it's super weird. Now that I am, you know, I've got these songs released and I I work in marketing, so you'd think that I would kind of have this on lock. But the music world, as far as marketing is concerned, is so different from everything else. Um, So, so much of people's attention is fragmented now. Um, And because of that, the stuff that you put out there has to grab people in such a short amount of time. And everything sort of seems to revolve around, here's the 15 seconds of your song that someone is going to hear on TikTok or Instagram.
0: Before they swipe away.
2: Right? And if it's not immediately going to grab their attention. They're just going to move on right away. And it's a little depressing. But I also think that there's a great deal of opportunity there to just play around with ideas, put a lot of stuff out there, um, and uh, you have a little bit more freedom. Like you were saying, nobody is really attached to the idea of an album being the one true... Container
0: for music anymore Well some of us still are uh, I mean I, I, still, I still primarily listen Only to physical music in, in that way But we're very few and far between right I, I mean, was speaking
2: in broad strokes yes, like, yes. I personally love that idea I, I, I can Like I have very vivid memories Of for example Me and my best friend when I was In grade 10 Going to Walmart on release Day in 1997 for Okay computer Sure And just spending the entire night with that record on repeat, just driving around St. Patel, you know, doing nothing, just absorbing it. And it was such a cool, cool experience. And I don't know if people really do that anymore.
0: I I don't think they do, which makes it which, like, as you said, it makes it an interesting time to be to be doing this because, you know, the way that your your music's getting exposed to people is going to be totally different than it would have been. Like, I mean, some, you know, someone in grade 10 now, if they hear one of your songs, the way they're going to hear it, like the platform they're going to hear it on and the the amount of time they're going to devote to it and any of those things, it's all completely different.
2: Yeah. Well, I have a son and he's uh, just starting grade eight and uh, I took him into the studio a couple of times when we were working on this music because I just thought this is such a cool experience and I'm sure not a lot of kids get yeah. to sort of go into a professional studio and, you know, get to see what that's all about. And I've also taken him to times when I'm performing and stuff like that. Um, and I never know how he's going to react. He could sit there and be on his phone the whole time. For sure. Or, you know, for example, I was playing a gig on Sunday at the Cineboy Downs. And he came with me and he sat and he watched the whole show. And it was a super cool experience for him. He gave me a big yeah. hug after. It was a real, like, I was getting all misty-eyed. <laughs> and it was a really proud moment. Um, so the thing about it though is that after that i was talking to him and i'm like you know hey maybe you can tell your buddies at school about my new songs and maybe they'll like them and he just goes "Ah." (laughs) he couldn't even justify that with a response he was
0: just like that's the uncoolest thing he could possibly imagine but if they organically found it on TikTok somehow, that would be different, right? I mean, if it's say it's something that oh, popped up yeah. in in a in a funny video for 15 seconds, then and they 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 decided to check up check out the song, then it's then it's cool. Then then you're <laughs> then you're in good.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think um I have seen a couple of um uh, songs put out there where it almost seems like the hook of the song is specifically designed for people to use yeah. In their TikTok or Instagram memes, like there's a Michael Buble song that just came out that has you know that a lot of people have been using in that context because I can't even remember what the hook of the song is, but there's just something about it where it's, it's almost like yeah, like it was written specifically so that people would just kind of like take it and take their own meaning of it, yeah, and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it's not meant to be absorbed as 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 a piece of music the way the way that your songs are being written by or, or most people's songs that we would have grown up listening to were were being written for because it's 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 okay now to hear 15 seconds of a song and that is the entire <laughs> experience you have with that song. It's very very weird. And, and to be fair, I'm totally cool with that too. Anyone who
2: has a positive experience listening to my music, of course, uh, for any length of time, thumbs up. You know, aces for that. That's great. I mean, yeah, this is, I think, a thing that, um, you know, I don't know. Um, I'm just right now um, spending a lot more time out in the music community going back in meeting people and sort of just understanding what the landscape is like and stuff like that. So I still don't really have, um, you know, the zeitgeist um, in the back of my brain, but, Um, For me, personally, my experience, you know, or my intent going into, you know, putting out this new music and stuff was never like, I want to put out some songs that are going to be massive hits so that I can skyrocket myself into superstardom. Like, that's not a thing that I ever considered. My goal was always, look, I have some songs. I think they're good enough that um, they're, they're worth sharing. And so I felt extremely fortunate that I found someone like Rusty who could work with, who could help me make the best version of those songs. Yeah. uh, Put them out there. I'm very proud of the work that we did together. Um, And now my whole goal is not make as much money off music as possible, not um, amass a massive audience uh, or following online um, because people like them so much. That's great if they do, but that's not what I'm trying to do. My main thing is I'm trying to make connections with real human beings. If they like my stuff, excellent. Um, and just trying to share it with as many people who I hope will like it as possible. Cool. Um, and that's, that's, that's it. Like for me, um, I also feel a great deal of privilege to be in that situation because I do know a lot of people who are career musicians or, you know, who've made a living in the industry many different ways. And I see what a struggle it is to do that full time. You have to do 10 million different things to make ends meet as a musician. Now you have to be your own marketing team, your own videographer, your own (laughs) hype. Person, your own uh, social media person. There's yeah, there's so many different hats you have to wear now. Um, you know, and on top of you know, not to mention that you basically just don't
0: you don't make money off
2: recorded music anymore. Like you used not to. not the way you
0: used to know. You know no no. So most people, I think, hearing this podcast, unless they, unless they remember your your previous bands, you're going to be a new voice and face and name to them. I mean, uh, you know, if they, if they if they did know you were bands, that's great. they are probably like, oh, cool. This is what he's up to now. Great. But yeah. but I mean, for, for everyone else, what's the best way to find out more information about what you're doing as far as, you know, um, I mean, it's a podcast. Someone could hear it, the day it comes out or they could hear it a year from now. Maybe by then you got more music out. Maybe you got some shows happening. What's the best way to sort of keep tabs on what you're up to um, online? Uh,
2: you can follow me on all the social medias. I'm at Doug MacArthur. So it's D o u g m c a r t h u r on Instagram and all of the other things. Uh, I got a website. Uh, I try and keep that up to date with uh, links to everything that I'm up to. Cool. So that's dougmacarthur.net/slash/music. Um, and so that's probably those are probably the two best ways to you know to figure out what I'm up to.
0: Right on. And then at the time we're recording this, you have the two songs out. Uh, are those on all the platforms? I mean, I, I, I know that they are online in various spots, but uh, where would you send someone to go to go check them out? What would be your sort of preference as far as uh, where someone should hear them? Uh, I
2: mean, to be honest, I, I don't really care where you hear it. That being said, you can find them on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Bandcamp, mm. There's probably there's, seven other ones there's I'm a million forgetting. Other ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you know. It's nice that there are. This is a, maybe a little bit inside baseball, but it's nice that there now are platforms that make it super easy for musicians and artists to just upload their music. Yeah. Put in all the info, push a button, and then it just shows up on every
0: platform. It's pretty cool. So you get it out there too. whatever people are using. They can they can still find it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Pretty much. Awesome.
1: Dripping from the brush Broad strokes are not enough To tell this story Four pints of sick was one If you catch me stumbling home I swear